0: The first and most important thing is to understand the the place of the user, right? In this case, the job seeker. And if you wanna put yourself in their shoes, imagine that you're shopping for 12 things on Amazon, right? And imagine that your experience when you're on Amazon, instead of being able to add those 12 things to your cart, required that you leave Amazon and go, to 12 different websites, enter your shipping information, your billing information, your credit card information over and over and over and over again. By the time you get to the fourth, fifth, sixth one, you're frustrated. The eighth one, you're really tired. The 12th one, you want to throw your computer through the window. Bring this over to the candidate experience in the world of job search. They're on Indeed, they're on Facebook, they're on ZipRecruiter, wherever they they are, thousands of different job sites. They've put in their criteria for what they want to find when they have to leave the site over and over again and re-enter all their basic information, create all these logins with super secure password creation. That just creates so much friction and time that they get frustrated. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf.
1: Hey, welcome back, everyone, to GeekSkeezer's Googleization, and uh, welcome, uh, Googleization Nation, back for another week. We appreciate you being here. Uh, we got an exciting show today. I got one of my favorite people, Alex Murphy, CEO of JobSync, going to be on the call. We're going to be talking about Google for Jobs, if you're not familiar with Google for Jobs, or if you've just heard of it, or and you will definitely want to pay attention to the rest of the show, because Google on October 1st just coming up incredibly fast. Uh, October 1st, they're making another major change in their algorithm that's going to impact job listings and how your jobs are displayed uh, and uh, just a lot more on the candidate experience. So, and uh, Alex and I both uh, were at the Sherm Talent. We were both in Vegas at the same time. He was in another meeting, but at Sherm Talent. And uh, we we had met for the first time in person then, and so we, we talked about it. and then the following week, maybe last week, two weeks ago, we had done a podcast together on it. And uh, we'll give you, we'll make sure that uh, we'll put that link in the in the show notes as well. But we're gonna do round two of this because there's no way you can get all the information out in just a short period of time,
2: but it's an incredibly important topic. Uh, Jason, what's going on in your world? Well, uh, yesterday, unfortunately lost one of my favorite comedians in the world yeah Um, loved his work was really sad to see when that happened but it was really neat to see though a lot of the the clips and things that were going around of of (laughs) his of his comedy it just was you know dripping with sarcasm you know his style he just was was so good and then after that i flipped over and started reading about blockchain technology and its applications outside of cryptocurrency with recruiting and hiring. So from, you know, pop culture piece over to blockchain technology and how that may change things coming down the pipe too. But I'm super excited today to learn from you and Alex about Google for jobs because I'm not as familiar with it Um, so i'm excited to learn about this today and i'm sure it'll be really beneficial for our listeners too
1: yes well you you will be entertained and sadly uh, a lot of recruiters in hr are not aware of google for jobs either and it's not new google for jobs came out in the summer of 2018 so it's almost three years and yet uh, at in conferences whether they're in person or virtual or whoever i talk to when i ask for a show of hands how many people are using it there's very very few people do, and then when you find out, they don't really understand what it's about and how to use it and and things. So well, we're going to cover a lot of territory in a fairly short period of time. Just real quickly here, and we'll after uh, Alex's segment, you and I can wrap some of this stuff up. But just this morning, um, there was a couple of reports that came out, and I pulled these down, and employers are going to have to pull all stops out to attract workers. Because the competition is going to get pretty stiff. As, as tough as it is now and as many job openings there are now, a new report is that 55% of workers are, are going to actively look for a new job over the next uh, 12 months. UPS plans to hire 100,000 workers in the next few months. Amazon's hiring 125,000 workers. Kohl's is adding 90,000 workers. Work. Where warehouse warehouse can't talk. Warehouse and logistic jobs are up. The number of jobs that are available that people are on the search engines is up 293%. Hospitality jobs, 289%, on-demand jobs, 219%, healthcare jobs, 121%. I don't know where these people are going to come from. So the message today, and it was our the opening line for anybody who's here because they saw some of the social media that was going out, is that no job candidate can be left behind. And if you don't get Google for jobs right, you're definitely going to be leaving a lot of people behind. So in that vein, let's bring on Alex. There he is. So. Here how, I am. How's that for an intro? <laughs> <Good afternoon, guys. laughs> hey, Alex. So Alex, real briefly, kind of give a 30-second commercial, who you are, and then talk a little bit about JobSync, and then we're going to dive into uh, Google for Jobs. Sure. So thanks again for having me
0: on. Great topic. Uh, Like you said, I'm the CEO of JobSync. I'm one of the co-founders. And what we do is we help companies leverage the quick-apply, easy-apply, native-apply experiences offered on job boards and other other publishers what those types of application experiences are just they make it simple for an applicant or a candidate searching for a job say on Indeed to apply from Indeed directly for a job post directly to a job posting rather than having to leave Indeed and go to an ATS and so we we make the data connections between The various job sites and ATSs like Workday, SuccessFactors, Taleo, Enterprise, Isense, et cetera. And what customers get out of that is they get a significant increase in applicant flow. So we've got customers get anywhere from a 3 to 10x increase in candidates for the same amount of money spent in sponsorship. And the candidates get a much better, more frictionless experience, uh, which really kind of fits into the
1: conversation today around what these
0: changes at Google uh, represent and, and why they're making
1: them. I'm glad Jason's here because as a as a non you know <laughs> I guess a non-user uh, in, in the re- in the way that we are and with a little different emphasis he can keep us grounded. but one of the questions I have and I, I know this gets asked because I've, I've heard people say it well we we have direct apply I mean they just click and it takes them directly over our, to our ATS. What, how does, how does what we're talking about or what you're talking about with direct apply, native apply, quick apply, how does that differ from just going up and being able to click and then being taken over to an ATS, which is an applicant tracking system for anybody who's not aware of that. Right. So
0: we'll get out of the alphabet soup as much as possible, right? So I think the first and most important thing is to understand the, the place of, the user, right? In this case, the job seeker. And if you want to put yourself in their shoes, imagine that you're shopping for 12 things on Amazon, right? And imagine that your experience when you're on Amazon, instead of being able to add those 12 things to your cart, required that you leave Amazon and go to 12 different websites enter your shipping information, your billing information, your credit card information over and over and over and over again. By the time you get to the fourth, fifth, sixth one, you're frustrated. The eighth one, you're really tired. The twelfth one, you want to throw your computer through the window because it takes so long and you're repetitively entering information. Bring this over to the candidate experience in the world of job search and they're on Indeed. They're on Facebook, they're on ZipRecruiter, wherever they are they are, thousands of different job sites. They've put in their criteria for what they want to find, and they find many jobs. And then when they have to leave the site over and over again and re-enter all their basic information, create all these logins with super secure password creation, that just creates so much friction and time that they get frustrated. And so that direct apply experience, what what Google's talking about in in general is, is it going to be an easy, frictionless process where there are no walls in the way? So think about like no login requirement, no account creation requirement. So they can just go straight through and apply, either be it on a job board where they might have a, a native apply experience on Indeed. Inclusive of screening questions, just by by way of example, right? So it doesn't mean that you have to forego or, you know, change what your application experience is in terms of what you're actually gathering. But you have to be able to make it simple, and you have to be able to make it direct where it doesn't require something else. And far too often what's happening today is... Companies have, like in job boards, aggregators have lots of jobs from lots of places, and the candidate experience starts on, say, Google, goes to job board A, then to the job board B, then to the job board C, and each of those job sites is requiring a registration, and they have to do this, oh, Canada has to do this over and over and over again before they actually can get to submit an application, and Google's trying to figure out how to make sure that they reward people that have a Direct line to the application experience,
1: and so you know part of this is that, as you said, it's the multiple times that somebody has to complete an application, and then you know what I always talk about is when somebody's in the system. So you know the question would be: is even if candidates would take the time to go through the rigorous, you know, setup and and setting up new accounts and processing, and they were notified there was some type of correspondence, there was an immediate reply, then maybe they'd be more willing, but they're not, because ghosting is still a problem. Candidates apply, I don't know how many times they've gone to a conference and I ask how many people have applied for a job over the last year. And you know, people raise their hand and 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 what's the average number of times that they've heard from the company. And oftentimes it's you know two, three, four out of 25 applications. They actually even heard back from the company. So, you know, it's a dual problem is is that companies sort of created from for themselves, is not only did the demand for a better candidate experience increase, but because it was so crappy before, it's like I'm not I'm just not gonna waste my time going through all this because I may never hear from them and I even if they have time on their hands there's especially in today's market with so many people looking for jobs there's so many opportunities out there as i was i was sharing before with some of the stats so you know you said 55% of of people are going to
0: start looking for work in that in that recent survey and you know that just means that there's you know and and coupled with the the number of openings for amazon ups and so forth there's just a lot of volatility in the market and so it becomes you know it becomes around process improvement and meeting people's expectations and what you're talking about in terms of the the proverbial ATS black hole right in terms of getting back to a candidate i think like that's that's just that's another kind of point on this on this continuum you kind of really think about starting with the job content itself is it is it a good job description right is it compelling is it inviting we were looking at a job description yesterday where you know it kind of felt like you know they were setting the expectation to the candidate like this is going to be a really difficult role because of just the way that they were describing the way they interact with their employees and <laughs> it was it was very it was very off-putting. and you know that's that's the beginning. That's the first impression that you get to make. and then when you when you have this person come into the application experience, like are you doing enough are you getting enough information to be able to determine whether or not you want to advance them, right? whether or not you want a phone screen, but are you are you asking for too much information? That, that's a critical question along the way, too, right? so, each one of these points is an opportunity for improvement. And when we when we get when we get to the place where we're trying to understand the point of friction at each one of these steps and just make continuous improvements, I think that's that's when you're gonna that's when you're gonna win that battle to attract the people that you want to make the hires that you need.
1: So Alex, we've sort of jumped into this talking about the native apply and things, and that certainly makes sense, but we kind of glossed over what Google for jobs is, because one of the questions I have is when I bring it up and I say, how many people are using for jobs? And then one of the next questions is, well, how do I get my jobs into Google for jobs? And people are assuming it's a job board, like an Indeed or a ZipRecruiter that, you know, what site do we go up that we can post our job there? So let's take a step back and let's talk about, you know, what Google for jobs actually is. So let's start with what Google is,
0: right? <laughs> Google, Google is a search engine, and they've been on a, a mission for almost two, two dozen years, right? Around indexing all of the world's information and making it easily accessible, right? And so they, they index all sorts of information. Right, they index web pages. They index maps. Right, like so you can use Google Maps. Right, and so they try to make this information easily accessible, and sometimes it requires more structure to the information. So, Google for Jobs was introduced three years ago, as you pointed out, around around with the intent of making this process of using Google to search and find job content a better and more rewarding experience for their users because previously they did not have a very good way of getting uh, the job content of the world as fast as it all turns over. Jobs go up and come down so quickly that Google needed a new method for how to ingest, to take in that job content and make it universally accessible to their users. And so Google for Jobs is a component part of Google's search engine where they do a better job of understanding the intent of the hirer or the the owner of where the website where that job is listed and then give a specialized search experience to the candidate to the user to the Google user to be able to filter and narrow in on which jobs they would like to find is that a paid, that a paid uh, service? Uh, it is not. So Google's Google's kind of core product for their users is the ability to find and access information. And job content is just one of them, right? So Jobs Near Me has historically been at the top of the list of the most popular searches on Google. So Google says, okay, somebody searches for Jobs Near Me. I need to understand, well, what kind of job do you want? What does near me mean, right? So near me 12 miles in that direction is very different than near me 12 miles in that direction as it's related to my commute time, right? That's 10 minutes to get there and 12 miles in that direction is, you know, in in normal times could be an hour and a half in the morning, right? And so they had this kind of, objective to understand and clarify what people were searching for what mattered and to kind of narrow that in and that's all organic search right so it's free to the publisher to the content owner to the person with the job listing and there's lots of speculation about them coming out with a paid product be it this year or next year what i can tell you is that google makes a lot of money from recruitment advertising in just general sponsored search results so this is part of just generating a better experience for users which keeps users coming back to continue to search on google right which then creates more availability of impressions for advertisers to buy just in the general search engine whether they add a sponsored element into sponsor jobs i'm sure it's it's been contemplated and considered but it has not been announced
1: what their what their intent is so the other question that I get, Alex, and, and, I, and I'm just throwing this out is, you know, to everyone out there, is, well, why do I care if I'm listed in Google? Because we've got, you know, Indeed is still the big behemoth, you know, 85, 90%. It's 85%, I think, now, of all the companies utilize that. you got ZipRecruiter, you got a million other subspecialty boards, you got all the job aggregators. Why do I care if I show up in Google for jobs? Tim Sackett does this much better than I will,
0: right? But you can learn everything you need to know about, about where to go place ads from observing a 10-year-old trying to find a lost dog, right? And, and his, his kind of stick to it, right, is, is like when you've lost your dog, you don't go to your front door and staple up a picture of your dog and say dog lost on your front door. Everybody at your front door knows you lost your dog. You go to the stop sign, you go to the grocery store, you go to the post office, you go to all these places where people are. You don't go to just one. You don't go to just the grocery store. Yes, everybody goes to a grocery store, but you put it everywhere that you can that people might go by and may see this picture and the poster of your lost dog. The parallel in recruiting is, is you go to where the candidates are, regardless of where they are. Right. So 85 percent of companies use use Indeed. Indeed's awesome. They should continue to use Indeed. And using Google has nothing to do with not using not using Indeed or using Indeed. It's that there are lots of people, I think, by last count, like 92 percent or something like that of all searches are done on Google. There is uh, there are a lot of job seekers of all types from doctors to entry level to teenagers that start their quest to find a new job on Google. You said 55% of people are going to become active and go look. Where are they going to start? They, d- they don't say, you know, they refer to it as Googling, right? For a reason. They refer, we all refer to searching as a Google verb exercise. And so you would want your job listings to be where the job seekers are so that you're more likely to attract them.
1: Now, yeah, and and you're absolutely right. I think the, the last study I saw was 70%, maybe 70 plus percent of people start their search using Google. You know, I'm often looking for a product and and I know I can go to Amazon, but I'll often just start in the in Google. I put That's it in right. Google and then it directs me to Amazon. So, it's the pathway. So, the goal would be to show up, you know, there for sure. So, look, so we've got this impending deadline. we just about 2 weeks away. October 1st, what's the big change? Why, why even talk about this now? What's going to happen after, you know, what doomsday are we gonna, companies going to face sort of doomsday, I guess that they're going to face uh, in just a few weeks. So it's not as though Google is uh, completely
0: transparent about everything and every reason they're not, but there are a couple of things I think that are really interesting. So they make updates to their search algorithm all the time. they, they take in hundreds of different signals to say that this one web page is better than this other web page, and that's what determines the results that you see on a search results page. They announced this change to Google for Jobs back in July. Like they don't ever do that. What they do, historically, what they've done historically, I should say, is, is they tell you, this is what changed yesterday, <laughs> right? What they did this time is, they said, this is really important. This whole direct apply experience, removing friction from the application process, is a really big deal, and everybody should work towards making this happen. Which I and I, they did it so far in advance. I, I feel like they probably looked at the marketplace and said, lots of people aren't doing this, and so we want to give you advance notice about it before it pulls the rug out from everybody. the The change that's coming is. Is it a huge change or a small change? We don't know. We What we know is that they've said that this is something that matters and will result in changes in the amount of traffic you get from Google. And they've specifically called out. They've specifically called out this direct apply experience as being a leading indicator or leading signal about whether or not you're going to have a better candidate experience than maybe some other some other page. And then they if they. Past experiences of algorithm changes inside of Google says that it's going to influence jobs up or influence the positioning of your page to be more highly ranked or to get more traffic get more applicants at the end of the day from them if you are implementing this solution.
1: Which, oh, and you mentioned in the beginning, will it? And, and Jason also asked, is it, is it paid? Well, it's not paid. But if your rankings are now going to drop from page one to two or three or four or five or six or wherever, they're going to get buried way down in the list, then you're going to end up having to pay someone, not within Google, you know, maybe to Indeed or someone else to, to get higher rankings if you're not doing it right. People just won't know you're looking. And job seekers just are not going to face that there's there's a number of other things and then i i want to kind of wrap up with you know what how you how you help what you can do because that's basically you know part part of the core business there's other things that google looks at that also detract in in their schema in the in that world Um, what are some of the other trends that you're that you're seeing or you're aware of that companies aren't doing that they should be including in their in their postings yeah so there are
0: three that i would touch on first and foremost one is mobile optimized It's one that you you really have nailed on on every time that we've been in this conversation (laughs) right is you know the world is on that little five inch device that's in your pocket and and this is where a lot of people do their their job searching from because they're browsing and they're interested in seeing what's there and so Google makes a really big deal about mobile optimization as it's related to just general search algorithm scoring and it applies to jobs as well. So is your is your site mobile optimized? And so the second piece to that and a co- core component around mobile optimized is speed, right? So is your is the page going to load really fast when the user shows up and when they start navigating through the various pages or does it take a long time and Google's really good at measuring this stuff. They measure it on a desktop versus mobile. They measure, they measure based upon different connection types, right? So they can evaluate what it would be like on a cellular connection versus a Wi-Fi connection. And then the third part of that is, and it's heavily related to being mobile optimized and speed, is something that I would refer to as dwell time, and that means. When a person lands on your page from Google, do they consume the information and then take action? In other words, are they converting, right? Or do they bounce back and go right back to Google? Because Google measures that frequency where when a candidate or a person, a user, leaves Google, goes to a website, and then comes right back to Google, Google says, gosh, that probably wasn't the best result for that user. And if that happens frequently, then Google then downgrades what that result is in the results and so is the content compelling gets back to that job listing i was talking about right are you inviting the person in is your opening statement hey we're this welcome to me talking about me and me and me and my company and me or is the content about you the candidate our future employee our future superstar our future top 10 percent earner or whatever like is it a, like are you Bringing content to the person that they want to engage and read, which then keeps them on your site, which then rewards you with more of this organic free traffic you would otherwise get. That's kind of the triangle of love that
1: I see in, in the Google <laughs> world. Over- I have uh, Roxy scrolling something across the bottom of the screen for anybody that, and I think this is really, really important because there's other links. And if you're interested, these are some free test sites that you can go and check. Are your mobile? Is your is your job posting? Is your career site? Is your application mobile ready? This one in particular, and this is free, so you can go up to tools.pingdom.com. All you have to do is put the URL of your career site your career page and put your job posting in a job application and see how quickly it takes to, to load. It's going to tell you if it's, if it's more than three seconds, you know, you absolutely need to do something. But the, you know, Google's, they don't really reveal it, but you probably want to be within pretty close to a second. And again, so especially since most people are going to be You know, if you're looking at a somebody under the age of thirty years old, ninety-six percent, their only device that they have, the only connection to the rest of the outside world in the internet is through a mobile device. And they may have only one bar. And it's taking you three or four or five seconds to load on a PC, it will take an eternity to load on a on, on their mobile device, which means that they will never, even if they're interested. And they pull up, they try to pull up your, your job post or they try to apply. It's, it's going to take forever. That's just one of the free tools. If you need any others, just reach out to me and uh, we can go from there. So, Alex, how do you help solve this problem? So. so, we have a
0: solution, which is a direct apply site solution, connects into Google, connects into Google, keeps it up to date. It's a, it's a component part, if you will of our core solution where we work for companies and connect them to job sites like Indeed and social sites like Facebook, ZipRecruiter and a bunch of others. Again, it's just for us, it's all about reducing friction. At the end of the day, the the service we provide to our customers workflow automation. And that that automation inside of the TA process is, is really driven around driving more applicants and faster you know faster time to contact faster time to connect faster time to interview ultimately faster time to hire and radically lower cost per hire so kind of working all the way
2: through the entire recruitment workflow if you will jason you had a question missed it before so. yeah thanks I yeah alex I had a quick question so this sounds like an amazing experience how they're updating the algorithm for the employers and for the candidates I'm curious for potential competitors in the tech space, like an Indeed or a ZipRecruiter, what do you anticipate is gonna be their response? Are they excited about these changes or do they see this as kind of a, a shot across the bow of, okay, Google's now trying to enter into our space and potentially try to take some of the market share there?
0: Yeah, that's a great question, Jason. My opinion, having no inside information, is that first and foremost, ZipRecruiter and Indeed generate a lot of traffic or receive a lot of traffic from Google today. ZipRecruiter's jobs show up in Google for Jobs, right? Indeed and Recruit own Glassdoor. And so those jobs, you know, jobs that are on Indeed are on Glassdoor, they're inside of Google for Jobs. So they already receive a lot of traffic from Google. And both ZipRecruiter and Indeed and Glassdoor, all of them have, have a direct apply experience. So, that in all likelihood, they're going to generate more traffic from this. So, it's not so much a shot on the, over the bow, it's more like there's, there's consensus and alignment around creating this better candidate experience kind of across the ecosystem, right? I think that to the point about, like, you know, are they a potential competitor or not? When they came out, Google for jobs, when Google introduced Google for jobs, They also introduced an ATS solution, and they also introduced an API search solution. The the hire, which was Google's ATS solution, has been sunsetted already. They had generated several thousand customers using this platform, but it wasn't moving fast enough. And they've really pulled away from what otherwise looked like they want to be a job board. And like I said, they're already generating, like they already generate today, I don't know what the actual number is, but it's got to be tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars in ad revenue from Mm -hmm. recruitment marketing as a whole, right? There's a tremendous amount of money spent on AdWords to find candidates. And then broadly across Google Display, there's a tremendous amount of money already spent on Google. And this is just content for their their engine. So I, I think it's just doubling down on making better candidate experiences that then drives more value. And then the people that are aligned with that, which indeed a Recruiter and many others already are aligned, it just actually creates better outcomes for everybody. And that's that's to the benefit of the entire
1: industry and the entire space, two cents. It sounds like the market analysis model of, for fast food. When you open one on one corner, you open the three other corners are all filled with fast food. Well, it's like in in economics, like they say, your competitor is located
0: here. Where do you, you know, on the street? Where do you put your where do you put your shop? And it's the answer is
1: directly across the street. Yep. So okay. absolutely. So there's a couple of things. One is how can people get a hold of you, and the other is you and I met through the roundtable, the Jobsync roundtable. So. And talk about that a little bit because I know you have one another one coming up tomorrow. Every Thursday, um, so talk about that, and then how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, so uh,
0: the the best way to get us is to come to jobsync.io, and you can schedule an appointment with David Bernstein or myself or one of our colleagues on on getting a demo and introduction to what what we do. Very easily found on LinkedIn. My handle is amurphy59. If you just type in Alex Murphy and JobSync, then I'll be right there. And then our round table, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. We are we do this pretty much every week, with a few few exceptions, generally around holidays, where we jump into talking about all sorts of various topics around recruitment marketing, primarily focusing in on, on aspects around what happens inside of TA. That drives business outcomes. So we really kind of have a heavy emphasis on the business outcome side. What the, you know, what the new reporting requirements are, what you can do to to drive better outcomes from things like diversity-based initiatives, and and a wide range of topics that just try to kind of keep everybody in the loop on what's going on. We started this, to your point about meeting in person. We started this two-dimensional weekly roundtable right as the pandemic or right after the pandemic hit us last year uh, it's been a really nice kind of co-learning experience to bring in peers and we kind of do it hollywood square style everybody's got their video turned on and and uh, and control of their mic so that we have a broader conversation rather than just you know listening to me chat at people
1: (laughs) yeah it, it it has it's you know it's it's on my calendar every week unfortunately tomorrow i'm actually in a certification so i may not be there but a lot the replays are up there so if you go to jobsync.io you can click on i don't i can't remember if it's under resource, it's a resource. Right resource. yeah yep. and right under there and then you can catch a lot of the other people you've been i hear so many great uh, conversations up there that many of the people that were on there were also on the show afterwards to continue that so appreciate it any final words alex
0: you know my my final word is don't be scared about google Coming after you, I, I don't think that this is the big bad bear. I think that it's really it's Google saying, "Look, we we see something that's really important in the world, and there's a way to make improvements to it." And in the in the context of of incentives, I think that Google is really taking a position in this. My my best guess is they're taking a position around creating a carrot more than a stick, and so I would invest in. Trying to make a better candidate experience it will pay off it'll drive more traffic from google uh, and and also have the the wonderful benefit of improving what your your candidate flow looks like as you make each incremental
1: change so embrace it and jump into it great advice good way to send you off so hey take care i know you got the hr text coming up next week Is that's that right, right. Hey, there. You're, gonna be, you're gonna be there so yep. Yeah, I I will not be, but I'll I'll be I'll be listening and, and doing the follow up there, but I'm sure our paths awesome. will continue to cross on a pretty regular basis. Stay Thanks, safe, guys. take care. Thanks, Alex. Care, Thanks out a lot. It's a great follow up from last week, Jason. When and again, when companies talk about candidate experience and and why is Google doing this? Last week we had Tracy Parsons, 68 million conversations. Around the candidate experience, three times more conversations about candidate experience than the Olympics with all the hub and all the news and media and everything that was going on with that. So, people, candidates talk about this. And, you know, this is one more way to to step up. So, the way Alex approached it, it's an opportunity to really improve. Google has the data, they're studying it, they know what candidates like and don't like. If you follow Google, then you're likely to be able to attract more candidates. And what what you can learn in Google, it's search engine. It's really search engine optimization, recruitment marketing. You can apply whatever you do on Google to improve your rank is going to work in any of the other job boards, job listings, aggregators. It's going to help across the board. It's really great advice. It was good to have Alex. I'm glad he was able to uh, step up and and pinch it for us. He certainly is a star in his own right there, so what they're doing, and I I love the company. We're gonna take a short break. We wanna thank everybody for listening to Geek Skeezers Googleization, for being part of Googleization Nation. If you're not part of Googleization Nation yet, please go up and sign up. You'll get updates about this and webinars Mm -hmm. and other updates that we got and, and some exciting things that are coming down in the next, oh, next few weeks, months, and over the the year. So right now we're gonna take a short break, but stay with us. We will be right back in about a minute.
2: A lot of you might be feeling like you're standing in deep
1: shift, but do you know what grows and rises out of deep shift? Opportunity. To successfully navigate the shift to the new normal, each of us must learn to rapidly adapt to the speed of change. Some of us are hardwired for this, others, not so much. That's where success performance solutions can help. Success Performance Solutions is now your AQ headquarters. Whether you are personally struggling with the next chapter in your career or wondering how ready your team is for fast, disruptive change, our AQ assessment and coaching will provide you a detailed, scientifically-backed roadmap to guide you into the new normal. Optimize your adaptability today. Contact Success Performance Solutions about evaluating your team's change readiness or joining our upcoming AQ Masterclass. Visit successperformancesolutions.com or call us at 800-803-4303. Hey, welcome back to Geek, Skeezers, and Googleization. Thanks for being part of Googleization Nation. With the uh, ad that we just heard, uh, I'm going through uh, my level two professional certification for AQAI. There are about a dozen of us. I don't know if everybody's going to continue to go through it. It's pretty intense. So every for Tuesday, Thursday, la- well yesterday, tomorrow. And then next week, it's about 25 hours of a deep dive into uh, the science behind it. And uh, looking. At, and there's so many, Jason, there's just so many applications. You think about adaptability. It's like, oh yeah, we all need to be more flexible. Oh yeah, grit, resilient. When you think about some of the challenges that HR companies face, I mean, beyond a uh, Google for jobs, it's changing behaviors candidate behavior. It's so, it means employers need to change their behavior. It's not just a matter of what do we do, but you know, I mean, you're in the psychology, you're in, you know, you live in the world of psychology. It's about human behavior. How do we change the human behavior of people within the organizations to be able to adapt to new things? It's not just a matter of, oh, we need more more diverse we need more diversity within our group what you know how do we do that it's just not a matter of of bringing in more people of color or gender or different ethnicities it's not just putting bodies and changing the color on your on the photographs or the images that you have it changes behavior you have to change the behavior to attract people talent and you also have to change and then the behavior changes once they're in that environment And uh, so, when we're talking about adaptability, we often people just think it's about innovation and growth, and it's not. It's we talk without adaptability, there is no all the DEI solutions in the world are not going to are not going to help. All the retention strategies, all the HR technologies, not going to change anything unless we change our the behavior, and that's
2: what adaptability
1: is about. Absolutely.
2: Well, congratulations on getting ready to start that stage two. And we need that in the world. Like you're saying, adaptability was the number one thing in terms of the skill that's needed for workforce now and in the future. The research was clear about that. And I think today is a beautiful case study of that. You think about Google. If they didn't have people who had high skills in adaptability, they wouldn't be able to step into this you-know-what storm we're currently in in the labor market and say, you know what, we're going to step in we got the people and the skills and the talent to do this. And we're going to make the candidate experience better to start improving the match between people and the job vacancies. And we got to do that. And what's fascinating too, is this aligns really well with what the Harvard report that just came out last week said, the reason we have so many job vacancies, they found the top two variables were number one, poor job descriptions. We touched on that a little bit today, a lot last week with Tracy, And you drop in some serious knowledge on job descriptions and number two is the technology the technology just is not creating a good user experience and so people are saying i'm done i'm done applying for this job even though they may be qualified for it and so it's great to see adaptability coming into play even at the organization level That when you get adaptive people together that are strong in that skill they can step into immediate problems like this and get it solved and make it uh, improved for everybody. So it's really exciting to see from theory to application why this is so important. And, and again, adaptability—you know—once you start looking for it, it's
1: dangerous because you see it everywhere. The there was an, another study that came out. I think it was in June, and it just came. I just I'm either just catching up or it just came just posted, but from McKinsey. And for individuals out there, we're talking about companies needing to adapt and and do things. For individuals, it was the number one driver of employability and the number one driver of career and life and personal satisfaction. So, you know, part of it is, you know, we can talk about adaptability being a business skill it's or just a life skill. And it sort of gets lost in the conversation and go, yeah, but I need a degree. I need experience. I need to do this. And yes, you do need to know how to do certain things. You need that, that explicit knowledge to, to be able to do that. But the reality is, is that when it comes down to how employable will you be, And how happy will you be in your job, even from companies? How engaged can people be? Well, when adaptability is one of the top drivers and dealing with uncertainty is number two, then arm people with those skills or or individuals, find ways to learn how to become better at doing that. And then you become more employable, you become happier in your job and the world just becomes a better place. Enough, you know, that's that's where we are. We have got a heck of a lineup coming up next week. Uh, we, we've got a, a futurist coming. You're of, you're of Solomon. And uh, most of you haven't heard from him, but I've heard him speak. And amazing, incredible. So you will be entertained next week. And then I'll let you because you were the one who uh, got Jacob. Yeah. Talking about, yeah.
2: So, yeah, we're really excited. Jacob Morgan, four-time best-selling author, futurist. He works with a lot of top organizations in the world. He's really an employee experience expert and an expert within the area of the future of work. He's going to be joining us the last Wednesday in October. Really yeah. excited for that. He's got a new book he's working on, so I'm sure we're going to dive into some of the themes yeah. there, but that's going to be one where I'm going to be taking notes. So if I'm not asking many questions, Ira, it's not because I'm not engaged. It's because I'll feel like I'm getting a PhD in employee experience with Jacob that day.
1: Absolutely. And uh, just, just one of of many. So we've, we've got a great lineup. We're we're already scheduled pretty much through November and, and we're in demand. People want to be on the show. So, and that's in good part, thank you to uh, all the audience and all the listeners, you know, out there as well. Nobody would, Beyond if nobody was listening. So I really appreciate, again, reminder to be to if you're not a member and haven't subscribed to Googleization Nation, uh, please do that. And then Roxy, if one more time you can scroll the banner for the text, if you want more information on Google for Jobs. This is a, it's an introductory course. It's only about a half hour. It's seven videos. One is about 30 seconds. So it's about six videos. And I did this almost three years ago uh, when Google for jobs just came out and there were so many questions. So some of them are even animated. So again, the information is still the same for anybody who needs a refresher, what it is, or you go, gosh, I never even heard of this. It's not what I thought take a half hour. It, again, registration's free. You can go up and get that. And uh, just text G4J, which is Google for Jobs, to one 538 3122 And you'll get a text right away with a link. And uh, and uh, you can enter in. We just get your capture your name and your email. That's it. Again, till next week, want to thank everybody for being part of Googleization Nation. Thank you for listening to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Jason, thank you for being part of the show. Looking forward to next week with you again. And don't let the shift hit your plans.